Hello and welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Balls Over the Top podcast. I'm your host, Michael Rock. And I'm your host, Brendan Collins, and we've got another exciting week of sports. Yeah, we have a little bit of a weird one this week. Um, We do not have international soccer, which usually is our staple thing. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. We have We do have international soccer, but it is not domestic leagues. It is is international national teams uh, Mm -hmm. playing against one another. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, it it was a uh, it was an interesting weekend. Um, you know, soccer is pretty freshly back at this point, so going on a break so early almost seems a little uh, upsetting. It yeah, seems like that's we're... that's what I'm getting at. You know, a lot of times a national break is welcome uh, is something welcome. There are some injuries in the cl- in the sides that you know need some rehabbing. There's maybe been a grind of competition for the teams and they get a little bit of time to recalibrate mm-hmm. and we get to see some of the national teams play and get ready for some of the big tournaments coming up but given the weird schedule we've been on given the layoff the time off the covid all all of the, the general the uncertainty. strange uncertainty with sports I don't want to see them wasting their time with international play right now. But no, and especially when you have uh, you have international play that doesn't excite. For example, we had that France Portugal game. Uh, you know, two of the biggest names, at least in strikers of the world, facing off against one another, and Cristiano Ronaldo as the the old established, and Kylian Mbappe as the the new young hotcomer, and the game ends in a nil nil draw. Yeah, I mean, two powerhouse international squads. You expect fireworks and you get a stalemate. And then um, a little bit more exciting in the uh, England, in England-Belgium game, which Belgium uh, the last few years has been one of the better you, you know, European and international sides. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that a lot of these players, too, are kind of coasting and going through the motions knowing that, they have gauntlets coming up yeah. where uh, their domestic campaigns are really getting underway, as are their European Cups. And so, uh, a 2-1 England-Belgium. There were a couple flashes there, mm-hmm. but uh, not necessarily the same fireworks you would we've been seeing. Uh, you know, the Premier League is right now off on the hottest offensive start that it's ever had. Mm-hmm. It's, I was maybe expecting to see a little bit more fireworks all over the place. Yeah, uh, well, we did get a little bit of fireworks. You know, Erling Holland, a striker for Dortmund, and uh, now leader of his Norway national team, scores a hat trick for his side. Yeah, I mean, he's a one-man firework. I mean, he's a, he's a one-man highlight reel. And I'm excited for you and for him that he's on... Dortmund, but I'm honestly also excited to see what he's able to do if he ends up branching out as he gets older, really as he matures, because he's so young and has just so much promise, really commands the game and is just such an attacking presence. Mm -hmm. Always seems to be in the right spot, always seems to be, uh, just has a nose for the ball. But uh, with that being said... We're probably going to be moving on from that. One of the shorter soccer sections we'll have for you guys. Uh, we are going to move on to the MLS. There was some MLS action this week. Most of the MLS isn't called up to their first team national teams anyway. So, at least on the on the major teams. 
Um, Toronto clinched, though, their spot in the MLS playoffs, the MLS Cup playoffs. Big deal for them. Uh, top record in the league right now. They got two wins in a four-day span. Um, both 1-0, really scraping them out. Yeah. Uh, one over Cincinnati, who've been kind of at the basement of the league, and then other, the other over a pretty decent New England team. Yeah, New England that's been revitalized as of late. They've been improving, especially uh, uh, Lee Nguyen now is now back on, the Scott, uh, back on their side. So they've looked a little bit revitalized. So, yeah, Toronto clinching off the back of two very big wins. We also saw a Union side come away this week with two big victories, a 3-0 win over Cincinnati and a 2-1 win versus Montreal. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the Union's been maybe the most consistently good side all year in the MLS. They haven't really found their way at the very top of the standings yet, but all season they've just been consistently class. And... They continue it this week. Uh, really a dismantling performance against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And um, they looked really good against Montreal. It was a little closer than they would have liked. I think they would have liked to have kept that one goal out. And, you know, Andre Blake normally very reliable, and, and that back line's been pretty good. But they struggle with set pieces. They struggle with clearing the ball out. And mm-hmm. comes back to bite them. And then, um, you know... I think they would have liked to have gotten one more as well. Maybe had a little bit more of a cushion there. But overall, I think they're not far behind Toronto in clinching a spot in the MLS Cup playoffs. I think they could make a push for the top record in the league uh, for the Supporters' Shield. Um, but, you know, it you never know. It's, it's a game of form, and they got to keep it up through the end of the season. Uh, a team that has really had a really surprisingly good run of form themselves has been uh, the Portland Timbers. Yeah, Portland Timbers are running a five-win streak. Yeah, which, uh, you know, that's enough to get you back into contention. I, I know they had sputtered a little bit earlier on. Uh, never were really out of it. Out of it. No. But, you know, rattling off five in a row, uh, Chara has been playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, a, normally a very, very goal forward, uh, goal first forward, you know, thinking of him as a goal scorer, been putting up a lot of assists recently. Yep. And then um, the opposite end of that, though, I really said it earlier, you know, Cincinnati's been in the basement. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned them twice here, uh, both putting up no goals against their competition, and that's not something that's really been foreign to them this season. Yeah, we looked at 455 minutes with zero goals yeah. so that's that's i mean that's like five straight matches yeah no it's it's a very long time it's it's a little i mean unless they're counting extra you know at a time that's a very long time to go without scoring goals and you don't win many games without scoring goals so it's it's they you they can't be too surprised at where they're at right now yeah so we got a uh, you know a little bit less than a month left in the season of the, of the MLS we're going to have a handful of more matches as we round this out. Mm-hmm. I really hope that the union can pull things out. Jim Curtin yep. can get them in a position to you know have home field advantage during the playoffs and maybe make a run, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I think overall this season's a success just based on the amount of difficulty that they've, they've had to with. overcome as a team uh, and as a league. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, um, they fa- they face a uh, a pretty beat up and haggard DC United side this Wednesday, so we'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, 
going back into the bubble, stepping into the bubble here uh, for the last time, actually. Yep, the last dance in the bubble. Yeah, uh, the Lakers pulled off the win against Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat uh, in Game 6 last night Mm -hmm. for LeBron James' fourth NBA championship. He gets his fourth finals MVP with his third team. Mm-hmm. First person to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, now he only trails Jordan, who has six who has finals, six finals MVPs. MVPs. Yeah. And so, really, I mean, a phenomenal series mm-hmm. from LeBron. Uh, I, I would maybe have given Anthony Davis the MVP, but I mean, if it were playoff MVP, it's probably Anthony Davis. If you want to give it just in the finals, it, it, you can go LeBron. It's not hard. It's. You, you know, if you argue it, you look like the jerk because it's fr- it was very close. And you could argue he was snubbed for the regular season MVP. He was having a hell of a regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the NBA's got to be happy with the product they put out. Mm-hmm. It was a very politicized product, which the players wanted. Uh, I think it ended up being good. I mean, it it, it, it was a solid thing, solid message. Um I know some people did say they got turned off from it. That's a personal preference thing. I'm not going to get into arguments with those people, but I think that the NBA did a great job responsibly and informatively giving players a platform to talk about sensitive issues. Yeah. And so I think of that, and that was the thing that was important to the players. They threatened to not play if they weren't given that opportunity. I think the league rose to that challenge. I think it created a safe environment for the players. Mm-hmm. We really had no games that I can think of, of the, you know, canceled from players fa- failing to abide by codes, not you know following protocol. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember any issues like that. I mean, there were a the couple things at the very beginning. Yeah. Player ordered food. Player went, popped out, went home, grabbed something, went to a strip club, whatever. You know. Yeah. There were stupid things. But it seemed like they got themselves in line. Mm-hmm. I obviously, it gets a little bit easier as the numbers decrease. Numbers decrease, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be happy with what they did there. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with it. Again, you know, when the whole world stops, you had to figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think they figured out a way to do it, and I think the NFL might want to take a page out of their book, given the issues they're got, they've got going on right now. Yeah, maybe a bubble does become the answer. But we'll see, you know. Mm -hmm. I was reading a whole bunch of articles about that saying, you know, it was easy to turn conference rooms into basketball courts. You can't turn a conference room into a football field. You know, there's all sorts of issues, and I get that. And also just roster size alone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so there's hurdles there, and, and again, to get into that becomes, it could be another whole conversation in itself. But uh, the, I think the NBA has to be happy with themselves. I think Adam Silver has to be happy with this. I think the fans pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I know the Lakers fans are pretty happy. Apparently there were a handful of arrests made of fans going out and celebrating. And whether, you know, some were arrests were for violating social distancing and curfews like that. And uh, other arrests were for, you know, your typical celebratory rioting arrests. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got it, you know, this one. I it's still going to count. Yep. Um, you know, what else it counts for is Rajon Rondo. Yes. Who? Uh, just a little interesting tidbit. There's a little 
drinking fact trivia, you know, trivia fact for you. A little something you get to throw out there. Uh, Rajon Rondo becomes the second player in NBA history to win a title with its two most storied franchises, Mm -hmm. uh, the Lakers and the Celtics. Mm Mm-hmm. Other one was Clyde Lovelette. Yes, who played with the Minnesota Lakers. Exactly. So, you know, really, Rondo's the first one to do it since it is L.A. Yes, the L.A. Guy. But uh, but Lovelette won, uh, won some championships with the Minnesota Lakers and Bill Russell and those Boston Celtics teams. Yeah, I think so, Bill Russell won a handful, so that yeah, makes some sense. He won one or two. Now, looking coming up in the next generation of NBA players, we already have a draft date, November 18th, coming around. Which uh, is pretty crazy. It is. Um, that's a friend of mine's birthday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, happy birthday to your friend. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we didn't have the exposure that we were used to. We had no real college basketball season this no. year because of COVID-19. No March and Madness. No March Madness. So the real coming out party for a lot of those players and where a lot of people get their, you know, firsthand look at the next NBA talent is gone. And so uh, we may have a little bit of a disconnect yeah. with the incoming crop. I mean, I already know it was already projected to be a little bit of a weird one. I know... One of the Ball brothers was projected to be, like, top pick, and he mm-hmm. didn't even go play college, and there's been all sorts of shenanigans. But, uh, you know, it, it's already exciting, uh, you know, with these weird timelines that we have these dates to start looking forward to, and there are things that even if it's not in the normal timing that it would have been in the season or postseason or offseason or whatever, you know, it's it's something that kind of feels like we're stepping back into normal Hey, my team's got their draft coming up. You know, you know the Sixers have an extra pick. Mm-hmm. You know, considering uh, was it the Mike Muscala trade that uh, they ended up with that extra first round pick with uh, Oklahoma City. That's so nice. yeah. you know, it's going to be a fun time. We finally have something else to look forward to outside of the bubble. And you know, on one hand, I hope we're, we're good riddance to the bubble, and I hope it served us well, and this is its farewell. But yeah. You know, there's rumors the next NBA season could require a bubble, and that would be uh, that would be something fascinating. So we'll see. We definitely will. We're going to keep you up to date on that. Um, moving to the other, oh no, it's not even a bubble anymore either. The jeez, yeah. uh, well, the bubble's just disappearing before our eyes. Yeah. The NHL had a really busy week this week. Uh, you know, last week we had the the draft coming up uh, with you know. Your, Alex your, I was gonna say your girlfriend's dad, uh, Lafreniere or whatever. Yeah, La, uh, Lafreniere. Your girlfriend's dad's team getting the uh, Rangers. Rangers coming home st- with that girlfriend's number one pick. stepdad. Yeah, getting that number one pick there. But uh, we've had a couple of other fascinating developments. Yeah. A lot of roster shakeup here. A lot of free agency um, moves happening. The biggest move, and this just kind of fresh off the wire, came in honestly right when we were sitting down to prep. It popped onto my phone. But yeah. Alex Petrangelo, who's probably the big fish, the prize catch of free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as the number one Really blue a chip franchise, blue chip, top pair defenseman getting top value, getting top dollar. Signs with the babies of the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. going to really anchor that defense, a team that already was super stacked, was already 
overflowing with talent. Mm-hmm. Adds really a premier top top five, maybe top three defender in the NHL. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a ba- major loss for the Blues. Um, but well, it is and it isn't because the Blues have turned around and given uh, Tori Krug a big seven-year deal for forty-six million. So they that's you know, true. They do bring him in. That's another fresh free agency uh, signing there. The ink's barely dry on that contract, and it does make you wonder. If there was a little bit of bad blood or just a disconnect or if Petrangelo really wanted to change the scenery, I mean, if you're really throwing that kind of money around on defenders, you wonder if you could have found some money for Petrangelo. But, you know, Krug's a solid replacement, Mm -hmm. and uh, they definitely had a hole to fill there with Petrangelo leaving. Uh, The other big fish, really, the, uh, the biggest, next biggest name and the next most exciting name on free agency was Taylor Hall, who uh, honestly has been dra- jumping around. Uh, he's gone all over the place since it's leaving a number of teams since leaving um, the, the Oilers. Oilers. Yeah, since leaving the Oilers not long ago, and goes over to the Devils, goes out to Phoenix. Now finding his way with a one-year deal in Buffalo, mm-hmm. kind of gambling on himself again. Mm-hmm. And that's that's big. It um, is. You know, Buffalo's a team that has some talent, mm-hmm. uh, but... Hasn't put much together. Exactly. And you wonder if that's the kind of place you want to go if you're just taking a one-year flyer. You know, I think of it to uh, compare it to the NFL. You know, they... Uh, the a lot of these players when they're betting on themselves with these little one year deals, they sign to the Patriots. Yeah. They go to a team where they know I'm gonna succeed. Yeah. We're gonna make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When there's four teams left in, in in football, I'm gonna be on one of them. And next year, just even from you know, proximity success, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit more money. Yeah, I'm going um, to go to this location to put on display a body of work in one of the most productive systems to try and get the biggest paycheck I can. And I don't know if Buffalo seems like the place to do that for Taylor Hall. We'll see. I mean, he'll be the biggest fish in that little pond, so it'll be. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess. As far as flashy goal scores go, when they want to try and get you know that paycheck. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see how that goes. Um, another another player moving on, Corey Crawford. Yeah, Corey Crawford, uh, after ages in Chicago, multiple cups, at age 35, moves on to the Jersey Devils, which this seems to me like he just must have been chasing money because, you know, the Blackhawks made it to the playoffs last season, much on the, you know, riding on the performance of Corey Crawford, and it just seems as though you know they didn't. There, there was it must have been a disconnect on salary, and he wanted. He figured he could get it somewhere else, and he gets it in New Jersey, where they've been a bit of a dumpster fire. Well, I guess he must really want to stop shots because if you're going to Jersey, you're going to be asked to do it a lot. Exactly. So, um, you know, signs there for a couple of seasons at age 35. Maybe it was the security. Wanted a gig there, knows he'll be in at least rotation. But 
came as a big shock and, and came as a big shock to uh, Jonathan Taves, who uh, said he was blindsided by that and apparently the decision to uh, trade Brandon Sad, who was one of their top goal scorers and got traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Where, so, you know, he said, nope, you know, I think his direct quote was, nobody told me we were entering a rebuild. And yet two major, major, major pieces of that team that you could have brought back for relatively affordable numbers are now on their way out. Or, are sorry, gone. I shouldn't yeah. say on their way out. They're gone. Continuing that point, um, we see the Flyers picking up on a one-year, $3 million deal. Eric Gustafson, another, another Blackhawks defender. Yeah, exactly. Another uh, export out of Chicago. And, and so... We're seeing that team kind of fall apart. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, the two big fish up there, still in play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious if they're going to survive this, so to speak, rebuild. Yeah. A um, couple other major names just to jump to. Um, Tyler Johnson cleared waivers for Tampa. We knew they were going to have to start shedding you know, salaries mm-hmm. uh, and moving on to try and get rid of that crazy cap situation they had to deal with. I even heard rumors they might try and move on Steven Stamkos. I can't imagine that, but I, you know, that would be insane. And I think this is the first consequence of that. Curious to see what happens, if he's just going to enter free agency or if he's going to be playing in the minors or if, you know, somebody's anybody's going to – I know he cleared waivers now, but – yeah. He's too good of a player to be in the AHL, so yeah. I mean, that's it's interesting to see, and but I mean, it really it really tells a tale when there's 30 teams passing on you at your current dollar amount. It really means that you know your contract just doesn't seem worth it off of something you can claim and get for free. Exactly, um, King Hen- Henrik Henrik Lundqvist, mm-hmm. really handsome boy. The maybe the best one of the best goalies of the last 20 years, not maybe. Definitely one of the best goalies of the last 20 years. Uh, staple in New York. Probably a top five all time. Yeah, a, a linchpin of a franchise. Well, that pin has been removed. Yep. He just signed with a uh, division rival, the Washington Capitals, to be a backup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's curious to see how things go. Um, major turn, though. I imagine this makes Rangers fans a little sick to their stomachs. It would if I were a Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but good to see him continuing his uh, storied career. Mm-hmm. Well, good things must come to an end, much like the TJ Brody now going to the Leafs. Yeah, uh, an interesting deal. Seeing more movement happening about in the uh, NHL. Um, Leafs really coming off this uh, this playoff series, really looking to bolster their defense. They've got enough attacking threats. They want to. Uh, kind of shore up on the back line a little bit so it'll be interesting to see where that goes from here but we'll uh we'll have hockey coming back soon enough with a uh with a start date looking around january yep um and the last thing uh is it is it cameron taze uh, sounds right the other taves not yeah, the good not, not the, the really good, good not one. the really good one the other one not the uh, one with the captain um Devin Taves, Devin that's Taves. who it is, Devin, not Cameron. Devin Taves from uh, the Islanders was traded to 
the Colorado Avalanche. Pretty active the Avs have been. Yeah, as like. busy this window. Um, and uh, that was just for a couple of second-round picks. He's a restricted free agent, had already been dealing with arbitration, mm. and uh, they just packaged those picks over, I guess, for his RFA rights. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, hockey coming up pretty soon, honestly. Going to be excited to see that. I'm curious to see what the Flyers do with the rest of free agency. they still got some cap space to maneuver with. Pretty quiet so far. Yeah. Just the one deal. And, um, uh, you know, I I've enjoy this part of the season. Mm-hmm. Normally it's in the middle of the summer. It's after the Stanley Cup by a while, and now it's kind of all crumped together. It's and almost it. I don't hate it. It's kind of it's fun to follow. Yeah, it keeps it rolling. keeps it relevant, too. So moving on to the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. playoffs. The, the, the actual bubble, the bubble that's left. The, the, yeah, the, the bubble, you know, the circle of bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some interdivisional uh, rounds this past playoff, this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, best of five series, and they were exciting. Yeah, really, no days off here in the playoffs, so it's been it's been pretty rapid fire, and uh, they were all really. It was some good baseball. Absolutely. Uh, in the National League, it was a little lopsided. We had two sweeps. The Dodgers swept the Padres, and the Braves swept the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the Marlins kind of ran out of gas on that miracle season. They really were the Cinderella story of the playoffs, having been projected to be maybe the absolute worst team in the majors coming into the season, and they sneak into the playoffs not even just as a wild, not even as a wild card, but as one of the divisional teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they make it to the divisional round. They clash with their division rival, the Atlanta Braves. And it wasn't even close. No. The Braves uh, clobbered them. The pitching, young pitchers who overperformed their projections kind of came back down to earth. Those Braves hitters kind of looked like they were seeing the ball in slow motion, and it was ugly. Yep. Um, They made quick work of the Marlins, and the... Cinderella story, it turned back into a, what was it, the carriage turned back into a pumpkin mighty fast. Yes. Um, the Dodgers and Padres, that was just a fireworks show. I mean, yeah. this Dodgers team, we've known all along, is the cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh, both offensively, they can hit like nothing I've ever seen, and pitching, they've got a pretty insane pitching staff. Uh, unfortunately, Slam Diego... Could not keep their momentum going. No. Um, the the bats. I don't want to say the bats went silent. They were just. They out. just couldn't. Yeah, they, they just were couldn't just, keep up. Yeah, they were just outpaced. Um, the American League was a little bit tough, tighter though. Yeah, a little bit more of a dogfight. I mean, the Rays narrowly advance past the Yankees in two one game five, um, taking taking every inning of it to get there. Um, and the Astros, they didn't have too much of an easier path. They get in on the series against the A's. Uh, finally taking that game four pretty handedly, though, with a uh, 11-6 victory to advance. Right now, Rays are up 2 nothing on these Astros. Um, Got to say, you don't really hate to see the Astros losing. Uh, Rays won the first one 2-1. They won the second one 4-2. There's a is this game on tonight or uh yeah so so um 
Dodgers and Braves are actually playing as we speak. First pitch happened right when we were actually hit record. And the uh, the Braves scored an early first inning run. So that's one nothing. Uh, game's still going on, though. I mean, it's still very early. And uh, as far as the Rays-Astros series, yeah, the Rays won their first game 2-1 to one yesterday, the second game 4-1 to one today. And they go up 2 nothing. These are best-of-seven series, so obviously anything can happen. And this Astros team does have experience. And they really got hot last series and just lit the scoreboard up. Yeah, I mean, so, that's really came alive Yeah, for them, I mean, so. really right now putting up a combined two two runs in the first two games – their bats are letting them down. It would be if they come to life. That series could really get close. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I expect the Dodgers to beat the Braves because I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. I expect the Dodgers to win the World Series, and I, I think it's going to be exciting. Though uh, I think I could see both of these series being close. I could see both of them going six games or more, uh, but we'll see. I, I think the Dodgers take the Braves out a little bit earlier. I don't think we get past a game five. But, yeah, no, I could definitely see the Rays-Astros series being being pretty long. They, both teams look pretty good so far. So moving on from the Major League Baseball playoffs, we have NFL Week 5 mm-hmm. was this week. A uh, crazy one. Really, the whole week was flipped on its head right off the bat. COVID has continued to dominate after it really roared its head last week. The Titans are a mess. The Patriots are a mess. More teams are are trending in the wrong direction than the right direction. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we had a pretty insane week as it went, as it played out. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest headline, though, and we bleed green here at Balls Over the Top. We are... Die-hard Philadelphia Eagles fans, but you never wish to see this kind of injury anywhere. No. Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, had a truly gruesome injury. Yes, a truly com- gruesome compound ankle fracture and dislocation. Uh, the, bi- uh, the 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 bone broke through the skin. Yeah. Uh, the the players on the field were distraught mm-hmm. on both sides. The it was a emotional moment for pretty much anybody watching it, mm-hmm. and uh, we can only hope that you know nothing is too serious there, mm-hmm. uh, and it could definitely be the end of Dak Prescott in Dallas. I doubt it. I don't think that they want this it to look that way. No. Um, in a contract year for yeah, him. Yeah, he's been playing on the franchise tag. I honestly see that being the most likely scenario next season. Mm-hmm. Another franchise tag. But wow, um, that kind of shook everybody watching it and really changed the trajectory of the Cowboys for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And maybe this division. Things uh, do get a little bit better for the Eagles as uh, the Giants and Washington still seem to have no direction. And Dallas becomes a lot less threatening. When Dak Prescott, you know, another thing to be said, we didn't even mention. I mean, really was having a historic season. Oh, the Cowboys, offensive numbers. Cowboys have kind of been the butt of a lot of jokes. But, yeah, the offensive numbers that they were putting up, really astronomical. Uh, Dak was on pace at the time of his injury to finish inside the top five for most passing yards in a season of all time. And, again, you hate to see that kind of thing. So, Absolutely. Um, that was the top thing. 
another thing, a major story after eight seasons, Dan Quinn was fired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, coming off an 0-5 start, uh, losing a lot of leads in games. Um, can't say we're all too surprised here at Balls Over the Top. Uh, you know, it, it certainly felt like that time was coming, especially after an 0-5 start. Um, and, you know, after seeing Bill O'Brien go after an 0-4 start, and, you know, the clock was kind of set. But, yeah, Dan Quinn's out. Um, Solana Falcons team looks pretty listless. They've, again, had very good offensive production so far this season. But, once again, a defense that has uh, basically taken them out of games. Yeah, I mean, they're either falling behind at halftime or, or in the third quarter, and then the game is out of reach and they lose, mm-hmm. or they're up by a large margin and then they manage to just piss away the lead. Yeah, just absolutely and bleed out. It's been a joke. It's been embarrassing. It's It's been hard to watch. And... I imagine they'll write the ship, but who knows? I mean, they're they have a lot of money committed to a lot of aging players on that team. It's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, a little bit of an unexpected turn, you know. We talk about a lot of money, big money guys, long established guys, two guys that really lit up the scoreboard this week that are relatively unknowns. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not anymore. In the Eagles versus Steelers game, where the Eagles did lose, unfortunately, it was dominated by two wide receivers. Yes, two uh, wide receivers, one and two, in the fantasy scoring this week, coming out of Travis Fulgham and Chase Claypool, both two names that you, you might not recognize. Travis Fulgham was a walk-on, I believe, at Old Dominion, uh, went undrafted, Spent time on the practice squads of, I believe, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Philadelphia Eagles before being called up. And Chase Claypool, a second-round pick out of Notre Dame. And, wow, Claypool ends up scoring four touchdowns, uh, puts up an insane amount of yards, I think like 156 or something Mm -hmm. stupid. And then Travis Fulgham puts up more than a dozen receptions, 150 yards, a touchdown, I mean, really, both guys were dominant. Uh, Fulgham was catching the ball at the high point. I mean, it looked like like Julio Jones, A.J. Green-type receiver, you know, going up, high-pointing the football. Didn't matter if there was one or two guys there. If no. the ball was on target, he was going up and getting it. Yeah, he just looked like a prototype wide receiver, just something that any team would want. And then Claypool honestly reminded me of, like, Devin Hester in open space. Like, he was just, he was slippery. Yeah. He was sleek. He was finding open space. He was finding soft spots in zones. He was beating you over the top. He was difficult to tackle. Yeah, he was using um, that 6-4 frame like a running back. It was, it was, it was, I mean, if you like offensive production, it was definitely a game to watch, but Eagles coming out on the rougher side of that made it hurt a little bit. But, yeah, definitely an interesting storyline coming out of that one. Yeah, and they're going to be two guys to watch moving forward. And, uh, you know, Fulgham, it'll be funny to see if he's a flash in the pan or if he ends up establishing himself as an NFL receiver and maybe having a career. Yeah. Uh, there have been crazier stories. Oh. Another crazy story this weekend mm-hmm. uh, was an upset. The 
Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden's team comes in and they beat pretty handily the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes undefeated. They they looked dominant after dismantling the Ra- the Ravens recently and then dismantling the Patriots. Even though it was without Cam Newton, they still dismantled that defense, which is more impressive. They got really stomped. Yeah. By the Raiders. I mean, Josh Jacobs, multiple touchdowns. Uh, Derek Carr, some big play touchdowns and some methodical drives. Yeah. Uh, the defense forcing turnovers. In, in the fourth quarter, at the end of the first half, major times in the game, the defense is making stops and not letting Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes get those patented quick st- quick scores or chunk plays to get into field goal range, or, again, to to execute a two-minute drive. Uh, it was really outstanding defense and, and clock management and game planning by Gruden and then execution by the players. Mm-hmm. And, it you know, it made Kansas City look vulnerable mm-hmm. is what it did. It made them look human. It made them look beatable yeah. because that there wasn't a blueprint there, and... The Raiders might have just given us one. Yeah, uh, put the ball in the air. I mean, this is also probably one of the first times where we've seen Patrick Mahomes actually look really frustrated, not look like he was able to impose his game plan on the uh, the opposing team. They were uh, they were doing enough to stifling to him, and they were getting to him too, which is a big one. You know, you don't see that very often. Most of the times, he's uh, he's getting out, getting around, getting the ball either out or down the field, uh, and the. The Raiders were just too quick, just closing in, just a bit too fast. Yeah, and then um, another team that was just kind of overpowering imposed their will, uh, and you, this sentence has probably never left my mouth before, the Miami Dolphins were dominant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that because it just seems... Yeah, make, take your time, each syllable. The Miami Dolphins were dominant. This week, yeah. sorry, it just feels like I'm speaking like a foreign language. Yeah, it doesn't make like a lot I'm of not, sense. Um, but Ryan Fitzmagic did it again, and wow, that defense—they made that Niners team look terrible. And I know, I mean, the Eagles beat that Niners team, and and they've had some issues of late. But Jimmy Garoppolo was coming back. There was this is a weak Dolphins team. You know, you they were thinking this was their chance to kind of get back on the horse and start to make some noise in that division where they had come into it with high hopes as the, you know, defending conference champions. And, wow, it was never even close. No, absolutely throttled. Garoppolo gets benched. Uh, with I mean, injury? Benched, yeah, injury, they say it was to protect him, uh, but he was not performing well. And then they're saying, well, you might have re-aggravated the injury. Or right off the bat, they were getting after him. And it's like, okay, if he's not healthy, don't bring him back. Mm-hmm. A. And if he was healthy, then he was benched. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a gray area there, but definitely uh, some cause for concern if you're a Niners fan and was definitely an exciting game and, and exciting thing to watch. Yeah, it doesn't um, happen very often. So with that in mind, we're going to see how uh, see how this week plays out. Yep. Uh, we We've got another have, game tomorrow. 
We do have a game tomorrow, which is weird, a Tuesday night football game. We have a game going on right now, the Chiefs and the, not Chiefs, the Saints and the Chargers, where, believe it or not, the Chargers have hopped out to a pretty resounding early lead. It's not even halftime, and they're up 20-3. to Wow. Well, actually, Drew Brees just threw a touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders. It's now 20-10. to Wow, oh, there we so, go. Unless they miss the extra point. I assumed the extra point. You assumed the extra yeah, point? Yeah, I assumed the extra point. Uh-oh. Big mistake. Huge. Um, so yeah, uh, that was that was the that's that's I think all we got for NFL news. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, this is just very big little housekeeping here, but uh, Rafael Nadal beat Novak Djokovic in the French Open, mm-hmm. and it was the final. Uh, Nadal won something like his like thirteenth French Open, which is just dominant. I mean, he's the king of the clay. Yeah. And that's his bread and butter. Yeah. But, you know, Djokovic gets kicked out of a major for beaming the Lions judge. Now he loses in the final. You wonder if his world number one could be in jeopardy. You wonder if he could get under his skin. I know he's going for grand slams and going for everything. And I don't know. Could be, could be, uh, could be... Writing on the wall? Yeah, could be something to keep an eye on. Could be uh, smelling things in the dirt. Everybody's obsessed with how long it's been since Serena won one because she had the baby and everything. But I don't know. Novak, who has been pretty uncontested and has been able to kind of just waltz through a lot of the recent trophies as Federer and Nadal and those guys get older, maybe he's starting to slip here. Yeah, we'll you see. never know. You yeah. never know. It only takes uh, it only takes one to take that number one spot, right? Yeah. So. So we also up. we also had a really fun UFC knockout this weekend. We did, we did a spinning hook, <laughs> For, it, back back heel, heel while the other leg is clinched, just spinning ninja move. I, I'm pretty sure he took it from Street Fighter Four. It looked like it was. I mean, just the rotation that your body would have to do and the amount of force generated while having your leg pinned up together just culminates in in a fantastic display so in case you guys are wondering or want to check it out yourselves this past week in the ufc fight night there was a again an unbelievable knockout uh by joaquin buckley Doing executing a spinning hook kick with his planted leg after his initial kicking leg got trapped. Uh, it was it was uh, it was unbelievable. It was against this guy Impa Kasanganai. I mean, these guys were. I mean, it's a kind of undercard um, action. Yeah, undercard action. These aren't but, two of the biggest names in the UFC yeah. yet, but one. I mean. Jeez, when you put on when you With do something like that, like that, you really get your name known. Yeah, I mean, as as we had to look it up, but you know, Joaquin Buckley, uh, incredible knockout. Look it up; you won't regret it. You know, I even showed this to people who hate combat sports, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, like that looks like it's right out of a movie." Yeah, like Jackie Chan type stuff. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, really unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we got this week for sports. Yeah, I that think wraps that's it up. All, uh, 
Keep an eye out for our Thursday episode. We do not have Thursday night football this week. No. And so we will still be rocking our Thursday night NFL podcast. So keep an eye out for that. And we appreciate all of your support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Store, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts. Yep. And uh, hit up our socials. Yeah, hit up our socials. Get yourself a sticker. We got two and a half inch vinyl stickers with the logo on it. So perfect for water bottles, laptops, if your car, if you're into that kind of thing, whatever, yeah, man. Your neighbor's car. Your neighbor's if car. Annoying you? Yeah. Yeah. Any of the above. Anything. Yeah. Use it to patch holes in your siding. Who cares? Yeah. You can. It even works underwater. It even works underwater. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. See it. Catch you next week.